everyone. Welcome back to the State of Innovation podcast brought to you by the Illinois Science and Technology Coalition. I'm your host, Toby Oladejo, and I'm the Innovation Program Coordinator here at ISTC, alongside my co-host, Austin Green, who is our lead data intern. We are excited to bring yet another episode with an incredible guest um, by the name of Jason Mercer. He has a long history of investing in different startups here within Chicago and the Midwest through his time at an organization and venture firm here called Cleveland Avenue. Um, One of the main topics of discussion today is the importance of diversity within the venture capital um, industry and and why it's so important to founders um, who in many cases are overlooked in these rooms. Um, You know, less than 1% of funding from VC went to black founders. And clearly that's a, that's a gap that needs to be um, not only addressed, but also resolved. And we have a great conversation with Jason about not only his experiences in helping that progress, you know, move forward, but also what he looks at as a basis for how this work should be done and what the future of this work looks like. So I really do hope that you get some great takeaways from the conversation regarding diversifying this pipeline and increasing representation, but also putting our money where our mouth is within the VC space, within the resource sharing space as well. So without further ado, here is our conversation with Jason Mercer of Cleveland Avenue. All right. We are here with a special guest, um, Jason Mercer of Cleveland Avenue. He is a principal on their financial team. A bit of a background for him, uh, Morehouse grad, which is always amazing to hear, being a Howard grad myself. Um, He's been doing analysis and consulting work on the assessment of competitive landscapes um, and has a background in finance and banking. Um, He currently is a part of Cleveland Avenue, which is focused on the support of black and brown founders um, across the food and beverage industry. Um, We're really excited. Uh, Today, we're going to have a great conversation around VC funding, the importance of having diversity within that space, and some of the uh, goals, visions, and experiences he's had along the course of his tenure, uh, not only at Cleveland Ave, but across VC and finance in general. Welcome to the show, Jason. How are you? I'm uh, doing great. Doing great. Uh, if you don't mind, take a quick moment to uh, to bring some of what you said down together. So, uh, got to do the plug for the for, for the company, Cleveland Avenue. Uh, across the house, uh, we were, were good old VC firm, uh, founded by Mr. Don Thompson and his wife Liz Thompson, uh, two great Chicagoans. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Thompson being the former CEO of McDonald's at a time where I think there was two, maybe three. Uh, Fortune 5, black Fortune 500 CEO, so kind of a big deal. Yeah. Uh, after leaving McDonald's, he really enjoyed his time with like Chipotle guys and really wanted to do more to uh, be in that early stage venture space. Uh, started the family office, created a fund structure around it, our food and beverage fund one in 2017. Uh, and that was you know pretty sizable. We doubled up on that farm, uh, that fund, so food and beverage fund two. Uh, and then where I spent most of my time is our fund called Cast Us which is essentially a joint initiative with us, the state of Illinois, um, as our key um, limited partner, LP uh, is the term here, some other great LPs. 
that $70 million focus on black, brown, and women entrepreneurs with a further focus on the Chicagoland area. And not only does I say that to say uh, Mr. Thompson is not one that's very boastful, but I guess I am. Um, I think we are without a doubt uh, by far the largest black-led VC in the country. Uh, with across our whole fund portfolio, we're significant, not significant, we're above a half a billion dollars. Uh, so with that being said, Cast Us is very uh, focused on impact in black and brown. The rest of the house is just awesome. And we focus on it because of investment professionals, which I want to talk about that as we get into it. So to me, that's the biggest thing. Um, because Cleveland Avenue is diverse-led, black-led, um, our head of portfolio is uh, Keith Kravzik, great guy, white guy. Uh, the other principals, there's, you know, we're a diverse team. Therefore, we make diverse um, investments. Yeah. Uh, but that's one of the things I think I'll talk about a lot in this conversation is, to me, that's the biggest thing is um, venture capital, finance in general, life in general, but especially venture capital. People kind of rock with people that look like them, talk like them. Certainly. Yeah. That is physically what they look like, the schools they went to, the communities they're from. Um, so I think if your team is not diverse, the likelihood of you making diverse investments across all aspects of diversity. I, I speak mostly to race, but there's gender, age, you name it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because at least racially, we are a diverse team. If you look across our full portfolio, even outside of Cast Us, we're probably, or I know we're above like industry average and kind of black and women-led businesses. Um, so there's a lot to say, but I do want to just kind of make sure when we talk about Cleveland Avenue, um, I'm in, you know, a small part of it, very important part of it. Uh, we got a lot of dollars on the side of the house. Um, and we all work as one big team and, and it's great. And I love being here. Thank you so much for that, you know, intro on top of the work that you're doing is is so incredible. I think there's a lot to be said about the importance of diversity and representation in this space, especially when discussing equity. Um, and I know for you, you've I'm sure you hear representation mentioned a lot around this space, um, but not only as a, a Morehouse HBCU grad, but now being in this space where you're able to see impact, as you spoke of, on a on a way grander scale. How much more does that mean to you um, as you think about the importance of these gaps that you're trying to fill? Man, it's everything. Uh, for me personally, um, always been a pretty good student, had some good jobs, but like finding that balance of passion and, and I guess what I'm kind of good at has been difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, those aligning for what I'm doing now, like I can't tell my Mondays from my Saturdays. Like I, it's, <laughs> I love it. Um, and that's important to me. Um, so for me personally, that being part of that representation, seeing that coming to work and being led by a leader like Mr. Thompson um, and the diversity we have in there, we have some very, you know, my direct boss, Andy Zop, you know, if, if you're from the Chicago area, she's done everything. Um, that's just so important for me. And I'm kind of mid-stage in my career. You know, I think for junior folks, it's, 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 it's incredible. I was been in banking, been in consulting. And when you're young and you're the only person in the room, it's really tough. Uh, and I think so many women and so many you know, underrepresented minorities have that experience and it, it just makes everything tougher. Mm-hmm. From an investment side of things, um, I think I look at it as two ways. I think, again, going back to my people rock with people that look like them, I truly do believe a diverse team is going to eventually make more diverse investments. Um, VC is so, especially the earlier stage, kind of the seed, pre-seed stage, even series A, companies have data, but it's just not a ton of data. If you're in the private equity space where companies are doing EBITDA 10, 15, $20 million, there's a decent amount of data and you're making a true data-driven decision. In VC, you're blending data plus heuristics plus just the feel. And right. 
a person walking a certain way, talking a certain way, what schools they went to matter so much where um, it just is what it is. So the way we look at things for cast yeah. us is we're trying to open up our mindset across the board diversity in terms of representation. But at the very least, we're like, if there's a young brother or sister who has Howard, who's been the Wharton, who's been the Ross NBA, who's done all these things, like when they walk in the room, we're like, look, we're not questioning their experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, mm-hmm. unfortunately, that's not the same with every firm. Uh, I think there's a lot of, you know, black and brown uh, founders that if they weren't black and brown, would have got, you know, either a bigger round or got invested in a lot earlier purely because of what they look like. And that's just unfortunate. And I think it's getting better. Uh, but to me, that's a representation matters. Um, I think about it. And I openly admit, sometimes you just don't know the answer, especially when there's, you know, not concrete data. In my career, there was times where, you know, a bonus didn't come or, or whatever to come. And I know for a fact, in the room where the decision was made, there was no one look that looked like me. Yeah. Uh, and what I openly say, if you're not the rock star, if you're not the absolute best, if you're in that middle round where like, because all these companies have a barrel curve, I couldn't help but think when it's someone else that doesn't look like me and me, and it's like, hey, one person got to get X, and one person got to get a little bit less than X. Nobody in that room that looks like me, I felt less confident I'm being advocated. Yeah. That's what representation means. At the very least, if I just know there's a few black, brown, sisters, brothers, we want to call it folks in the room, I at least would be like, you know what? If it didn't shake out my way, I feel a little bit more confident someone uh, advocated for me yeah. versus I know that room. <laughs> Just a blank canvas for you. Yeah. At, at the very easiest level, that's a representation matters to me. Mm-hmm. Right. More to serious representation, what it matters to me is the thought process that goes behind that. I'm all about intentionality. I think um, for a lot of the things we see in the, uh, from a racial perspective, if you're not proactively trying to change something, I just don't think it will. I think it's too ingrained in the United States. For me, that's that part of representation is like, Who's who are the LPs that you could go to? Who can get to say, hey, like I'm going to invest in this fund that says we're going to do 50% of our investments in black, brown, and under uh, and women. That deeper level of intentionality. Who are the people that are going to push their company and say, right. look, man, we look around, we got 10 investment professionals. They're all Caucasian men. Look, it, don't, it doesn't have to change next year. And I'm big on taking time. I'm not saying change a whole organization, but who's the person in that room that's going to say, hey, in five years? If we're not at least 40% women and like 25% black and brown, we are doing something wrong. Yeah, like, setting like that the, tone. Any means right. necessary. Um, to me, so that's when that's that second level of representation is like, all right, who's putting out there and say, like, at the highest level, we're going to put these measurements out there, be open about it, and then drive that kind of truth to power. So um, mm-hmm. I say, I, but that's what with, with, with representation matters to me. And to me, it comes in kind of in, in waves and stages. And, uh, you know, even at the surface, it's important. But when you get below that surface to the deeper parts, I think that's really where things start to, to move and shake. Right. Jason, I, I'm loving this conversation on representation, but I want to dial it back a little bit to where you started and kind of so I want to go into dig deep a little bit here with me on what your motivations were whenever you first entered this space within the VC uh, area and also just some wins in the Chicago area. For for communities of color within VC space this year, those that those type of success stories I know provide motivation for not just you know people like us, but also future generations. So I wanted I wanted you to be able to kind of get into it, uh, to what motivates you within this space. Um, I think that what motivates me, I hope I can answer this question pretty quickly. Is I just grew up in a community uh, surrounded uh, by folks that like this mattered to them. 
Um, I think the best examples I'm super close with my mom. I think about things I knew but grew up like knowing but think about now. She more or less ran the like diverse supplier management program for Chrysler for three years. Right. So that's very different than VC. But like I remember growing up and I meet some kind of older brothers and they'd be like, yo, mm-hmm. your mom got this million dollar deal pushed through, you know, Chrysler for us. We not millionaires, but like that was a that's prize. So I mean, like she was putting on, yeah. you know, black businessmen back then. Like those are comments I heard, but I wasn't listening. Now that I'm like, you know, decades older, I'm like, yo, she was doing it. Like that was in my head. So like that's always yeah. been um, and then I just say, like, going to Morehouse, those things, like, uplifting the Black community, just, that's probably the number one thing to me outside, like, my direct blood family. Um, once I learned that Cleveland Avenue, one, existed, looking to get me here, for me, it was like, you know, trying to get a date with the prettiest girl, you know? I was like, <laughs> how, do I, how do I get in there? And once right. I got in here and seen that we're really doing it, it's just been amazing. So that's kind of, for me, it's like, it's kind of always been there. I went into banking, so I learned kind of the investing skills, did consulting. So I was learning stuff, but I was never doing it in a passion-filled space. Yeah. So that's for me, I think it's kind of simple. And I think part of it is just it's in you or it's not. Now that I'm here, it is turned up tenfold. Because I actually got, you know, it ain't my money, but I'm working with the folks who got the money to do it. Right. And they're empowering me to have conversations like this, get out in front of people, meet uh, business owners. Um, the hardest part of my job is saying no because we can't fund everybody. Uh, the second hardest part is, um, and this maybe kind of doesn't go to your wins, but I think Chicago really needs to improve. Angel dollars, that very first seat, that 25K, that 50K, that 75K, it's tough for everyone. I don't care what you look like. It's tough mm-hmm. for everyone. It is further tough for black, brown, and women. Uh, and we don't write that check. We are usually like that second or third money in starting around like kind of 250K. So you kind of get to have a little bit of success just for us to rock with you. Um, and that's tough when I hear a great idea and I'm like, yo, it's too early for me. You know, if I was independently, you know, Oprah rich, yeah, I'd give you 50,000, but I don't. And I got to do my job. That's tough. So we talk about wins. Uh, the last year, I think we've got quite a few. So before we're not invested in them, but you had uh, a cancer IQ that started uh, by uh, two women. Uh, I know Faye very well. We used to do, we were in banking in New York together. They've raised a couple million dollars. They've done some amazing things. Uh, one of our portfolio companies, IO Foods, we were in the very early on. Yeah. African on the spice uh, flavors to the grocery aisle. Uh, we rented them for you know quite a bit, and then we've seen other investors coming in. Uh, those are some great stories. Uh, you know, we're also in another company, Gray Matter Analytics, that for a few. So I'd say, and I'm going to be very open. I think post George Floyd's murder. People have been focusing on this space. And yeah. I keep going back to the importance of again, your question of representation. Um, people want to get dollars to general partners, GPs in this space. Once black and brown general partners and investors got the dollars, I think they're more likely to invest in black and brown. And it trickles down. So to me, that's the representation. Um, so there's a few wins, but going back to that, keep bringing it back. The place we really need reservation representation just super ultra rich you know black and brown folk or black and brown folk at those lps so yeah. when you have a person like joe aguilar who's at uh and rodrigo although he's left was at the state uh the ill gift fund they're putting the money where their mouth is and joe's mm-hmm. that joe is like yo i'm rocking with folks uh, he's with us he's other folks it allows the tesla flippers of the world to, to get out there and start their own funds and capitalize vc like yeah yeah you know, so i know that was an answer to your question going on but no 
it, it's so yeah. much, and, I, and I, I'm really encouraged and enthusiastic about where Chicago is going because this is a place where the United States everywhere's got it jacked up and it's it's terrible, but the numbers are going in the right direction. Um, the Great. question becomes, and it's funny, I have a buddy who's kind of like extra negative. Are these crumbs, or is it really going somewhere? Only time yeah. will tell. It's true. At the very least, I'm taking it right now. Right. So right yeah. Got to do what um, you got to do. Great book on results or lack thereof 10 years from now for all these funds that are essentially some version of financial reparations from George Floyd's murder. Um, and so Jason, I think you're, you're, you know, that was a great answer and your passion shows through. It's, it's really clear. I'm super glad you brought up the state treasurer's office because that was a question that we were going to get into is they promised to devote 40% of the $1 billion uh, Illinois growth and innovation fund uh, to startups founded by women and or people of color. I just wanted to get your thoughts on whether or not you think that that amount of capital, obviously that's going to be going to the next generation of talent within our, our within our various sectors. What does that look like as far as stimulating, uh, you know, expertise in those areas as well, making sure that they have access to business resources and, and commercialization experts? Uh, what kind of, um, you know, investment is that? And what does that look like for a VC firm like yourself? Yeah, a few answers. One, I think defining impact is always tough, so we can come back to that. Uh, the dollar amount to me is important at the very least. At the very least, they were early money into Shagona Ventures uh, by Samara Hernandez. She's way smarter than I am, and if you haven't talked with her already, like try to get on the show. Like, mm -hmm. They were early money into her. Uh, they're in Cast Us. Uh, they're into a few folks. So, like, again, they are literally helping to see a new wave of venture capital and, and also probably and on the PE side of black, brown women investors. Yeah, uh, That is at the surface level. Funds are getting their first, second funds coming through them. I think they're a great partner. I think with good performance, they're going to help get fund two, three, four to create, you know, the Andreessen Horowitz of Chicago started by, you know, Samara, you know, that's important. Uh, again, all those fund investing have higher percentages of jobs going and funds going to black and brown funders. Where I do think it is difficult is really how do we think about what really drives impact for the city? And that's just a tough one. Um, again, surface level, we create, um, or and I say we as a part of their team, they help to create a few millionaires and billionaires on the investing side and the founder side. That'd be amazing. That's going to drive some impact. What I do hope, and this is one thing we're measuring cast us, is that we're able to say through these funds, 400 jobs, 500 jobs, 1,000 jobs, those jobs are bringing more tech folk uh, to Chicago and moving here because, you know, one of our founding companies is growing, you know, leaps and bounds and they're bringing more tech folks. Now they got people moving into the Chicago land area or because of those funds, we see more incubators running up. So now we're doing more job training for people to be mm. part of the, you know, 21st century uh, 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 economy. We're not in the manufacturing economy that we were. I'm from Metro Detroit, Chicago's the Midwest. The whole Midwest is built on steel, cars, you name it. Like we're not there yet. Dollars from Ilgib and the people that are funding um, is going to be incredibly important to like building the next wave. Yeah. Uh, what that's going to look at look like only time will tell. Um, and again, I don't think there's anything wrong with if, if the, the story is. Yeah, we might not have missed on creating some massive job growth, but if we create, you know, a few hundred, you know, 
highly wealthy folks of color, I think that is something in itself. Uh, to me, that's that the least was going to happen because somebody that funding is going to do really well and those companies are going to do really well. So, uh, again, I think there's multiple levels of impact that will be coming from that. Uh, but very appreciate that. I think it's the right way. I think every state should be doing something like that. The state of New York, I think, does a pretty good job about this. I've heard some good things about the state of Maryland. I was trying to learn myself. Um, but to me, if you're a state, especially with a decent black and brown population, and you're not putting a decent amount of you know dollars towards uh, funds and companies, like to me, like what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, and and I think there's there's an an additional element to this, right? Because once you have the money, as you mentioned before, and it's in the right hands, there has to be a sense of legacy right, that people can look to. And a lot of that has to do with developing and building out that pipeline. Um, we know, as you mentioned before, right, the more diverse a team is, the more funding goes into the, you know, the founders who are usually overlooked. But beyond that, you know, what do you think about, what do you envision as it pertains to helping other young black and brown students at these universities, or even younger than that, understand the importance of VC um, and finance in that sense, because we know the importance of financial literacy in general. But when you take it a step further with VC, what do you think about the the plans, right, in regards to building that infrastructure, that pipeline to help these individuals get to that place? Great question. Uh, on the investor side, more funds, more people who are at those funds, I think you're going to get a lot of people giving more shots, to the shot, uh, getting people in the game. So for students at you know the schools, the UICs, the, 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 the uh, University of Chicago, Northwesterns, the other schools in the area, uh, I think with more funds, how do we get involved with them, uh, create internship programs? So again, it's at the more senior level, but I make sure that we try to have as many you know MBA interns as possible. Uh, we've done some things at the undergrad level. Creating those programs, I think that's where it's like, you know, it's just like, VC is a kind of unstructured because the firms were not, you know, these massive, we're not hiring a hundred people at a time. Right. We've got to figure out a way to get better structure around that. So we can, you know, link in with UIC and say, Hey, your finance groups, you know, how do we see, you know, people get, you know, internships there, you know, teach them some of the earlier skills of, you know, evaluation, things like that. I think that is very important. I think on the other hand is as you build that, that, that ecosystem, people that are wanting to start businesses, so now students aren't just like, and it's nothing wrong. I did it with to like a big investment bank, but people who are like, no, I kind of want to start something or go work at early stage. I think that's the best of both worlds. We're kind of getting the VC from a funding perspective. At least the company might be at employee number 20, 30, right. whatever. I think as you build that ecosystem, more people see that as an option. You should get more and more talent wanting to stay here and to grow. Uh, but you kind of have to know about it. Um, yeah. I really don't, it's funny. Like I was a finance major. I really didn't even know about VC. Like I heard of it, but it was like so like, that's what those guys are in the Bay. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. uh, more of a uh, broad conversation. I also try as much as I can to talk about uh, investing on the spectrum. So you got VC, and if company does great, it kind of goes into the PE territory. And if it further goes, it goes to the public markets, which is more institutional money. That's where the huge money's at. So yeah. I want to talk about it on the spectrum and get as many black, brown women across all of them. Because going back to my thing around representation, we need some people in asset management. We need some folks in, because that's that, that's the real LPs. Yeah. The, the state of Illinois has become an, uh, essentially a, 
Rodrigo's a huge asset manager. He's got a bunch of dollars and he's allocating resources. Like you need people in that seat. You know, mm-hmm. there's someone who's in that seat at Northwestern Mutual and Widows yeah. and all. So like I try to talk about it on a spectrum. And I think as we continue to do that and bring that down to the university and even high school level, uh, I just think it, it could be pretty eye-opening for what are the options there. Uh, and I'll keep it real. When I talk with students, it's, it's can be fairly lucrative and I think it's kind of cool. Uh, so I want to be able to talk about that more. Uh, and I think that just comes with like this broad ecosystem uh, more and more. Yeah. I love that we're getting into that conversation about like attracting talent. And I know that you've mentioned some other states that are doing things. You mentioned Maryland, you mentioned the Bay Area. Is there states out there that are doing things to attract young black and brown people to uh, become involved in these in these areas, particularly within VC? And, and do you see uh, any strategies that Cleveland Avenue can mirror in uh, organizations you've been involved with in the past or uh, other businesses that are doing uh, same things that are similar? Or I want to add to that too, Jason, even historically, right? I know taking past narratives is also an important part of that conversation too, right? Like what has been done before in regards to developing that too? So current and past. Oh, yeah. So I'm trying to think about, I'm going to say kind of. So on an ecosystem level, what they got going in the Bay is just incredible. Between the schools that are out there, like they've been doing kind of BC tech thing for you know darn near you know 60 70 years now so i think that's kind of like the holy grail so much so i think it's tough just because it's got so expensive out there uh but then i think when i talk to folks uh, and i don't know how it became and i think a lot of this is university driven austin has a a big startup kind of network that's starting to build up it's affordable university of texas is a great school they got other great schools in in the in the you know state of texas so i mean I think that drives a lot of it. Uh, I've heard a little bit of kind of like the mini Silicon Valley, kind of that Durham, North Carolina area. So I think the schools are so important uh, to building that. Uh, in terms of what's going on right now, man, I can't think of the name because nobody moved out there. The city of Tulsa, Oklahoma, has a huge family office. I'm not sure if it's not Coke as in like K-O-C-H. I think it's another family, but kind of similar name. They're literally paying black and brown folks to come out there and like either start companies, do wow. things like that. It's literally like, you know, 20 kids with your family. Like, I have a buddy who just did it. He was living wow. in the US. Like, you know, uh, after this, I'll learn more and try to send it to you. So, like, you have it kind of happening in cities there. Um, I've seen firms, which I think is kind of cool. We don't do it. Where they're kind of like, because, again, a lot of these at our level, the company got 10 people. We think it's big. So, if you think of like a five, yeah. six person, like, you move your headquarters out here, that might be Part of our 500K, $1 million investment is contingent upon y'all moving out here. Yep. Uh, one of our firm, one of our companies just won an award. Basically, the state of Illinois had something like everything outside of like the Manhattan area. If you're willing to put a like, key office there or part of your managerial team, that was part of it. So to kind of build out the ecosystem outside of like New York City. Yeah. So you see a few things like that. Um, and I think Chicago has a few programs, and I know World Business Chicago has kind of been talking about stuff like that. Uh, my boss could probably talk about it a lot better than I, but I think as cities continue to do that and get the schools involved and where you have incentives to come, uh, I think it'd be great. To that point, I think, you know, it is growing. Chicago is definitely like a sleeping giant. Not, I think it's getting more sleeping uh, in this space because we've got the educational talent. Yep. You know, especially the CPG space with the, 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 the 
Walgreens, so many of those companies have been here from Legacy. There's a lot of talent there, so that managerial talent. Um, and then as compared to other huge cities in the country, we're affordable. Like, again, I think a lot of people argue with Chicago affordable or not. When you're comparing it to New York, the Bay Area, D.C., like, like, like we are. So I think between um, talent, capability, and affordability, I, I really think Chicago could be, you know, a really big giant in this space. We just got to continue to really get that ecosystem humming. Uh, Keep greasing the wheels, right. Yeah. But I think it's getting there. Certainly. Yeah. And I think to some of the, you mentioned some of the uh, businesses, right, within the, your portfolio who have taken that. One, they took the leap of faith, but now they're at a point where beyond investment, they're doing numbers and they're getting to a place where they're, they're you know, flying and, and going off, right? When you scale things back a little bit and you think about that business that comes into the room, right? What are some of those metrics um, within a growing business that you're looking to understand more about businesses and, and how does that lead to that later round of funding? Sure, sure. So one thing to remember with that is like Cleveland Avenue at our core, and we're expanding, is pretty food, bev, retail focused. Like we, we've done well like products or, or tech that is very close to a product. That's kind of different than most in the VC space. Um, so with that, I think we are a little bit more focused on like you know, tactical traction. So like revenue matters a lot for us. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you are a product, if you are farmers, fridges of the world, um, you know, are you actually moving product? Are you selling? Are you, you know, you do have line of sight to a million dollars or so, whatever the, the metric is, we're a little bit more old school there. What we are learning when I talk to my colleagues is there's other way to show those metrics. So if you're more of like a SaaS based business or yeah. a more digital space, like you need to be able to tangibly show people that are coming to your site or using your app, or if you have a freemium model, you know, if you got a million people in a freemium model, now you got to figure out how to monetize it. Like that's a million people using it. So I think yeah. I'm going to answer that two ways. If you are more like a true product base, if you're making something, you're selling it, whether it's online or a physical product, revenue speaks. Um, and if you can't grow a ton, be able to show revenue or scale within a uh, particular area. We can understand the idea that like, oh, maybe you only did a hundred thousand dollars so, but like you were so deep in this one area. For us, like, oh, that's awesome. We got to figure out how to, to lift it and scale it elsewhere. We can understand that. Uh, so I think that's really important. Uh, and I think that's one of the tougher things. Like going back to that earlier, you know, talk about that early check is a great idea is cool, but until you start kind of like operationalizing it and yeah. bringing some dollars in or getting a lot of whatever you need. I think that's one thing a founder really needs to hone is really hone in on like, what are your key metrics and how you're telling that story? Because for us, we know what we might do, but if you come in and teach me something new and be like, all right, it can show other companies that have hit these metrics that they did, at least I know what to do. So I might be like, hey, you only made like $30,000 last year. You're like, well, look at this company who's in the exact same place three years ago. Um, here's where their subscriber metrics were. And then when they turn on the switch, here's how it grew. I'm like, oh, and you show me that story a few more times, I can learn and be like, all right, the way I'm looking at it, the metric I'm used to is not the correct one. Yeah. Uh, this is better. So to answer your question, I think we're very like top line revenue centric, but we are very open to understanding that like there are other KPIs, key performance and, uh, indicators. Yes, that's right. Yep. Um, and so helping to teach us those, but you got to have them. Like, I think that's what they people are like, oh, we're going to have these performance metrics. Like, all right, you just define what the metric are, but you're still really low. Like, mm. That, that, that's not okay. Right. Um, 
And I think that it finding the funds and the way to bootstrap to show some progress in those key performance metrics is, is very tough. And I'd say that's what I'd say to founders is hone in on that and really show how you can show some type of early success uh, is, is important. Certainly. Yeah. And, you know, as we kind of close things out here and thank you so much for just all the gems that you dropped one across the VC space, the pipeline space. But one of the questions that I would love to, you know, tap in with you about is within your journey, right? You've shared a lot of advice here on the podcast already, but what's some advice that you've gotten um, that has kind of pushed you to this level and onward that you would like to share? That's a great question. Um, I guess I'm going to give a few and I apologize. No, all good. Um, Share them all. (laughs) One of the ones that I really didn't believe in until the last two years is like, I, I hate I hate when people say like this whole follow your passion thing because I think it like it sounds too fluffy. But what I will say is, literally, someone teacher told me a long, long time ago, and it just not click. Is like try to find something you'll do so well that they'll pay you anything, mm. but you like it so much you'll do it for free. Yeah. Uh, and, and what that really hands on to me is like I'm really big and like I'm a new father and I joke. It's like I, I preach intentionality and excellence. Yeah. Like be intentional about what you want to do and then try to be excellent at it. I think when you do those things, the financial aspects of life kind of work out. It can be a little bit different, it can be a little bit difficult, but like unfortunately, educators get paid less in this world. But be a great fucking educator, sorry. Be a great educator. And yeah. things will like come your way. You know That's what I'm saying? Yeah. So like be intentional about your path. Not every path is the same, you know, line, like not lineage, but like pathway to to making money. Be intentional. Like if you know you pick the path that's like the lesser road travel to making money, that's fine. Be great. Um, and I think that's when I talked about more creative friends who are like, yo, like I didn't get it, but now they're like a Grammy award when I like, I see it. You mm. became excellent and it kind of bothered you. Whereas I was a banker and like the money came early, but I hated it. You know, yeah. like, you know, so that's one thing. And that was kind of a long one. Um the second one read kind of reading one of his many biographies of Warren Buffett. If you know someone, and I know I mean it could be an article, or whatever, kind of doing what you're pretty sure you want to do, try your hardest to just attach yourself to that person. Yeah. Like I, I really believe in that aspect of like if you go eventually have to run through walls for someone, like run through someone that you want to be. Uh for me, that kind of was Mr. Thompson. Like mm. Yeah. And it took a while, but like getting associated with him and, and mind you, we have a bunch of great people here. And it's kind of like, I think they also got that same advice early on, but like working for him has been a incredible opportunity in my life. Um, and I think it, whether it's, it doesn't have to be him, but like I, I strongly recommend for people like be intentional, try to pick something that you think you can, that you like to do. Once you do that, find the people who are doing it and doing it very well. And again, I talk about finance. If that means taking a pay cut, whatever, attach yourself to them and see what happens. It's, you're going to be much happier and their success will probably help you and kind of work from there. So long-winded, but those will be two big pieces of advice that, like, again, I say I got came into uh, later in life. Um, yeah. Oh, and then I have one more. This is just me being corny. <laughs> if you don't know what the hell you want to do, just get your grades. At the very least, right. you get good grades. Some stuff kind of figures itself out on the back end. 
Yeah, that's really bad advice, but I was probably more of that kid who was just, I had no idea what I wanted to do, but I was like, if I do good in school, eventually I'll like fall into something and right, eventually right. I'll find my way. <laughs> but not being good in school is, is, is going to close a lot of doors. Uh, that's true. That's true. I can definitely relate to that one. Well, I think, you know, for, for those who are interested in getting involved with VC, Jason is your guy, right? So attach yourself to Jason if you're trying to build pipelines of black and brown funders. Um, and I think that advice, you know, is so is so key. I think that's something that I can obviously learn from, you know, Austin being a data intern here and the aspirations he has can certainly learn from. Um, but thank you so much again for your time today. I've learned a lot here. Austin, I'm sure you can uh, say the same. Um, and, and you left us with a lot of, you know, essential for our community as well, marching orders, right? How can we continue to take those steps in the right direction so that when the money does come, when the opportunities do come, they're placed in the right hands and, and then eventually passed on to the, the people again, that can make those choices that are responsible and intentional and excellent. So Jason, thank you so much. Um, Austin, do you have anything else to add brother? Jason, I was just going to say that Excel is my mantra for the year now because of the advice you just offered. I love it. Love the love the sage wisdom. So keep up the good uh, good work. Keep up the enthusiasm, and we'll uh, hope to see, uh, talk to you again soon. Here, uh, thank you. Anytime. I really really enjoyed it. Really appreciate it. Of course, absolutely. Thanks a lot, Thank Jason. You. Great meeting you. It is.